0: Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we recap a busy day two of the 2022 NFL Draft. From the introduction, the formal introduction of Marquise Hollywood Brown, a little bit of a curveball in round two, while Edge Rusher was the focus in round three. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 559, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigaloo and Mike Jarecki cardinals cover two is presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts going for hopkins one-handed catch and a
0: touchdown deandre hopkins
1: here's craig griolu and mike jarecki
0: it is always great theater, and what do you always say, MJ? It's the best reality show on television. The 2022 NFL Draft was just that, and maybe a little bit more so with respects to the Arizona Cardinals because so far, we have learned to expect the unexpected. Day one, it was no draft pick. Hey, we're going to send pick number 23 to Baltimore and acquire Marquise Hollywood Brown. Day two. Second round selection, I believe. For those that listen regularly here to Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I think I eliminated tight end from the list of uh, possibilities with respects to draft prospects here this season.
1: Correct? I did well. Yes, and I and I tweeted. I, I thought you know interior offensive line, D line, um, edge rusher, and then possibly a defensive back. No, didn't really make it in particular corner or safety. But you know, you and I talked about it all off season how deep this draft was and at the tight end position. And I said it'd be nice to get a young guy and you're getting the best tight end in the draft. I mean he can do everything. And you know, Zach Ertz is thirty two, he's on a three year contract. Max Williams, you know, hopefully he's ready for camp. Um, but this this allows you to build with the core, and, and and once again you he'll be on a rookie contract. Well, let
0: me let's let's yeah. talk about the the, the player because yeah. obviously I was completely wrong because <laughs> with the 55th overall pick, all of a sudden we hear Aeneas Williams, yeah, Cardinals Ring of Honor member, Hall of Famer, announce yeah. with the 55th overall selection the Cardinals select Colorado State tight end Trey McBride. A senior, six foot four, two 246 pounds, first-team AP All-American, first-team All-Mountain West, won the John Mackey Award, which goes to the nation's best tight end. Certainly a great pick, but certainly doesn't fill a need. But as General Manager Steve Kime pointed out post-Day 2, that at that point at number 55, McBride was so high on their board, by far, those two words, by far, is what he used, that it was – a no-brainer. You have to select the talent because, as Kyle likes to say, your needs in April and May not the same needs you have perhaps in October and November.
1: Yeah, and you look at it. I
0: mean, it's
1: it's a scenario where I just think that you know this this guy. You know, I was reading earlier some of the stuff that he you know he, he lines up all over the fo- formation, running routes on the wing, in the slot, in the line. He, has a, he was the centerpiece of their passing attack seeing targets on 30% of the routes. He's a natural pass catcher who sees the ball in his hands and catches the ball cleanly. He can run vertical routes, side run routes, wins at catch point, and shows awareness from sidelines to get his feet in bounds. So, I mean, you know, I was tongue-in-cheek with Cliff. I said, you're going to run some more 13 personnel. <laughs> no, we're going to run 12 personnel. But I'm like, let's say you're in a playoff game, and, or in the fourth quarter of a game, and, you you know, you got James Conner and you got Kyler Murray, but you wouldn't bring in three tight ends and just say we're going jumbo package?
0: I mean, Especially it, with James Conner as your lead back?
1: Yeah, and, and, I, and I also think when you look at McBride, you know, we know the Cardinals don't have a full back.
0: Um, but Much to the chagrin of one Ron Wolf. Yes. I,
1: do, do you remember when, <laughs> when they hired B.A. and they, they told him to kind of back off? Who was the last running back? Sherman, okay. Anthony Sherman. Wow. I was thinking James Hodgins, Terrell, Terrell Smith. So, but, I mean, it, I don't know. It's just – it makes sense. And uh, I just like the fact that, you know, this guy's going to be able to help this team in the future. But, it, you know, again, it's, there's, it's it's a process. But the fact that – I think what, what they really did there, Craig, best player available. That was – when when you have a guy that ranked that high and he's there – Need or not, because we always think you have to have a need, that was the best player available, and that's think the reason why they selected him.
0: Kingsbury said, quote, we did not think this guy would be there. He was way up on our board, way up in our ranking, end quotes. And something like that, it's glaring. It's spotlighted. You have to select the talents versus, hey, maybe we need an edge rusher. Maybe we need an offensive lineman. Maybe we need a cornerback. Just too much, and and I know some will say that it was a luxury pick. I don't. I wouldn't go that far because you brought it up earlier that Zach Ertz. Yeah, he's under contract for the next three seasons. He's 31. Will be 32 in November. Okay. Max Williams. Will he be ready Week One? Kingsbury said Friday night Williams is still rehabbing. He suffered that torn ACL in Week Five, October 10th. Timetable. Sure, but everyone heals differently. You don't know, and Kingsbury mentioned, there is no timetable. So, if Max Williams is not available, what do you do? Is Trey McBride that guy? Steven Anderson was added as a free agent this offseason. Now, he's 6'3", 230, more maybe of a t- slot tied in as yeah. far as a pass catcher, maybe not a run blocker. Correct. But – it does give the Cardinals, if Max Williams is not ready and this team wants to utilize more two tight end sets with Ertz as your slot receiver, as a tight end, but a wide receiver, then McBride makes sense as long as he is up to speed for this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, considering he tore the ACL and we don't know the extent of it, um, and he's, he's been at the facility every single day, per, basically, basically. So I, I would think we're, you know, I think training camp would be good for him. I don't see him starting on PUP. I just, I mean, you know, if he did it in December, that's much different. Now you're you're kind of in Dennis Gardock land, and he still was able to return, but he was on PUP for a while. So I w- I would try to target training camp and then, you know, take it easy on him and make sure he's ready for the opener.
0: The other aspects of this that you touched on was that McBride can do it all. Catch, run, block, line up in the slot, line up in the backfield. He was that focal point in college as far as the offense. I mean, the number of records he set in receptions, receiving yards. He had six 100-yard receiving games. He is not going to come close to that here on the National Football League level. Yet, at the same time, you don't have to take him off the football field. In other words, you're not tipping your hand to the defense oh the tight end is in run down No, maybe you're in three point stance chip block and then you flare out and it does give Kingsbury a number of different ways to utilize all of his weapons now with the acquisition of Hollywood Brown plus the best tight end in all of college football last season
1: Yeah, and when the Cardinals got a chance to call him and when he got a chance to speak, I mean, I guess he spent some time out here.
0: He trained at Exos.
1: Exos, and a lot of guys do, along with Los Angeles and obviously Brett Fisher. But, you know, so he's out here, and he said it it couldn't have worked out better. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's 6'4", 249. Um, His his arms are 32 and 5'8". His wing is 78. You're talking about the John Mackey Award winner. Um, unanimous first-team All-American press, All-American. And you look at led uh, uh, FBS tight ends with 1,021 yards. And then you start looking ahead at his production. Over he played in uh, 40 games. Uh, he had 164 receptions, 90 last year, over 1,000 yards. He had 2,100 yards, 12.8, s- 10 touchdowns, and only six drops out of basically – um, being targeted almost, you know, a couple hundred times,
0: and he's coming in, I think, with the right mindset. I had a chance to hear part of his conference call, and he told reporters, "quote I'm a guy who can be an asset in the run game. Go." and put people on their backs and make plays. Nice. In other words, not afraid of that physicality. I like and coming that. in not with, hey, you know, throw me the football. Whatever you need me to do. And I think that's the mindset that all draft prospects have to have. You can't come in and expect anything to be handed to you. Now, everything looks great on paper. Now, how quickly can he get up to speed with respect to the offense? But he does not have to come in right away and be productive. You've got Zach Ertz. Maybe you have Max Williams. If nothing else, you got Ertz and Williams in his ear every single day helping him learn the ropes. Yeah, and, again, they,
1: they got a really good tight ends coach in Steve Hyden. And You know, obviously they, they like them enough to where, you know, they went to the best uh, player available. Yeah, I mean, again, you have uh, Sykovitz in here. you got some other tight ends. Yeah. Um. Eight no. total tight ends yeah. now on the roster. Okay, and that's probably what they'll bring to camp, uh, give or take. Um, but so I mean, he should be able to get some. And you want to see him in the rookie mini camp, and you probably want to see him in the preseason.
0: A lot yeah. in the preseason. Yeah,
1: get get your because the next time you play is going to be in a real game. And he we can go, we can look in September. He's playing 15 snaps. Maybe he's he's on the on the um, the extra point or field goal because of his size. You can't get around him. Um, and then all of a sudden we'll see it to go up. But, uh, what I mean, the, the thing will come down to is how much 12 personnel are they running? Because now you're talking about him and Ertz or him and Williams, which you can go jumbo. That will dictate how much he gets. But I do think he's probably going to have to play on special
0: teams. Oh, I don't think there's any question because in order to be active on game day, at least initially, until you've proven that you're capable of just being an offensive player – most of these draft prospects, outside of quarterbacks that get drafted, they're going to play on special teams. You have to be able to show that you can do more than just run, catch, and block. You got to be able to play on special teams. And to be honest, I don't know how much special teams he did play. Talking about Trey McBride at Colorado State. Yeah,
1: I'm sure maybe in early in his career, but he was a three-star uh, sports star in high school, and you know he he was at the Senior Bowl and he really lit it up and. and the, they don't do special teams there, but but I think he showcased himself. And you know the, the draft really starts in Mobile, and then you have the uh, NFLPA game, you have the Players Association game, and then you got the East West Shrine game, then you got uh, the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And Jim Nagy does a great job. It's amazing how much tape you can go and the and the fact that you can coach those guys, and you got more intel, you know. Um, so it, it it's definitely beneficial to get as much research as you can.
0: Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. So edge rusher, we've been talking about it repeatedly, was not addressed on day one. Obviously that pick is Hollywood Brown, was not addressed in the second round. And I know a lot of people were questioning that. I, heck, I, I was questioning it as well because six picks later, Drake Jackson, the USC outside linebacker, Goes to the San Francisco 49ers. He's in the division. We're going to hear and see a lot about him. So, edge rusher needed to be addressed. Cardinals with two selections in the third round. One, their own, 87th overall. And the second one, the 100th overall pick. That was acquired in the Hollywood Brown acquisition. And in round three, edge rusher addressed. A couple of different defensive ends one Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State and then my J Sanders out of Cincinnati both defensive ends in college but kind made it clear on Friday both will play outside linebacker
1: yeah and, and that was something that you know the Cardinals you know obviously when they made the trade for um, Hollywood and then they go ahead and take uh you know McBride um, the fact is, is that, you know, this is what the, what they wanted to do. So, I mean, th- they needed some pass rushers, and he made it very clear these guys are going to play outside. Now, it's interesting because I was looking at um, – it's uh, a website, 33rd. It's really done by, like, former executives, Joe Banner, I think. 33rd team, I believe is what it's called. Yes, it is, 33rd team. And um, they said Sanders was their number 10 edge rusher, number 55 over prospect. He is tall and very lean rusher who displays good effort. Cameron Thomas, he was our sixth edge rusher, ranked 27th overall prospect. He is versatile in in a piece and can align in in different spots on the line of scrimmage. Now, when you look at Cameron Thomas from San Diego State, he had uh, 77 pressures in college football last year, second among F schools
0: and 44 run stops which ranked third among edge rushers according to pro football focus so you like his size 6'4 267 three-time first team all mountain west selection plus this past season named second team ap all-american and mountain west defensive player of the year 11 and a half sacks his production the previous two seasons combined nine and a half sacks so you see the development from year one, year two, year three. You keep showing that progress to where you're entering the National Football League on a high note.
1: I thought Darren Urban asked a good question uh, to Kingsbury. When when Chandler Jones went down, it, you know, at the end of the year, they had 49 sacks. It was by committee. You had, you know, Reddick have obviously 12 and a half sacks. Dennis Gardak had what, seven? I believe it was seven. Seven. And it was done by committee. And, you know, based on not having Chandler, and you got to figure Marcus Golden, and then the backups, you know, would be Victor, DiMacchi, and Kennard. And now you could throw these guys in there. Um, They're going to have to do it by committee. And, you know, you you want to be in the 40-45. Now, a lot of it's going to be predicated on getting pressure where you can cover in the secondary. So... I mean, you love to see here and say, you know, Marcus Golden, he's done it before. Can he get double-digit sacks again? Because he's probably going to get the most snaps. And and along those lines, now you need somebody else to get five to six. Now, you know, last year, J.J. only had one. Uh, Zach Allen had four. Lucky and um, uh, Lawrence had zero, which is, is suitable for guys that play the, for the run.
0: It's... I I, I I keep hearing this MJ as far as by committee and well they did it once before without Chandler Jones. <sighs> to me, asking Vance Joseph to scheme it up yeah. that is difficult to repeat yeah. because two things that team in twenty twenty had that they do not have the benefit of in twenty twenty two. One, Reddick. Career season. Okay? You had to acquire, reacquire Marcus Golden because of the Chandler Jones injury. Second one was Dennis Gardeck. Yep. Caught lightning in a bottle, surprised everyone. Yep. I don't think he's surprising anyone anymore. No, no. So, great. You got Thomas. You got Sanders. But I don't think this team is done looking for an outside linebacker or an edge rusher. They have to bring in a veteran because I still – it's asking too much for Thomas or Sanders to say you know what welcome aboard you're going to be the guy opposite Marcus Golden week one uh, if, 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 if 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 it happens that way great but to me as we speak here at the end of April no I need to see now a veteran free agent maybe a couple come in and see hey one year deal go out and see what you can do
1: I couldn't agree more and once again we'll see what their snap count is is it going to be 12 to 15 and um, you know, Carlos Dunlop's out there. He played left defensive end in Cincinnati. Last year he played outside linebacker. He's a guy that's really good rushing the passer. He gets his uh, his hands up to deflect balls, force the, the quarterback off his spot. Um, he's really good in run defense. He's 33 years old, so, I, you know, that could be an option. Um, but I, this is more just about trying to develop these guys. But I couldn't agree more with you when it comes to Vance. Now, they do, do have that NASCAR package where – if you got somebody in third and long, he's bringing it. And and I think you got enough athletes to do that. You can even bring Buddha off the side, um, Simmons if you have to. Hopefully you get something out of Golden, possibly somebody else. Um, so I totally agree. And I'm wondering if the Cardinals want to play man-to-man or are they going to play zone because that's going to dictate. But you're totally right. At the end of the day, we know when we talk to Vance on Thursdays, he's going to get the game plan to try to take away their uh, – biggest uh, asset whether it's a quarterback run game their number one wide receiver and every week it's a week-to-week proposition so you're right at the end of the day Vance is going to be making those decisions
0: I will say this with the addition of Thomas and Sanders it does go back to something Kingsbury said at the scouting combine and mentioned edge rusher and we want we need to get younger at that position and Thomas young player Sanders, young player. Interesting, though, Sanders, you know, there, there was some, as, as you're trying to do an immediate research on these players, the NFL.com profile, draft profile on Sanders listed him at 6'5", 228. And that certainly stood out because you're like, 228? That's that's not an outside linebacker. That's, that's borderline safety. But apparently that was Punter. when he – he, he weighed in at two twenty eight at the combine, but since has gained added twenty pounds, so now listed at two forty eight.
1: And according, if I get this correct, uh, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury.
0: I believe that is the yeah. case. He and ran a four six seven. Yeah. at the at the combine. So he's so.
1: He, he's recovering from that, but he's able to put weight on, and he wants to get to
0: two fifty five. Okay, that would be a nice goal. That puts him right around a little bit, a little bit. Uh, below where Cameron Thomas is. But, again, you, you you don't want to bulk up too much to where all of a sudden that speed that you have and the ability to come off the edge quickly diminishes because you're carrying so much extra back.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, a young guy like that, he can put on masks. He'll get in the weight room. He'll start, you know, eating uh, his prep meals and stuff like that. So, he, you know, he he can definitely get a lot stronger and a, probably a lot more leaner.
0: One other note. Well, uh, oh, he doesn't need to get leaner. He's, no. got, to,
1: he's got to beef up.
0: One of the notes on Thomas, he trained at Exos and Arizona with Trey McBride. So a pair of Mountain West Conference players training in Arizona ahead of the draft and all of a sudden find themselves teammates here in Arizona. Well,
1: it's always nice to have that. Um, and, you know, how I feel when you, you're part of a draft class, you're attached for life. And, you know, the we at Kyler Murray's draft class. But, yeah, that's good because now – Uh, he's going to walk in the locker room they're all going to welcome but you know usually they put you at a hotel and you got a roommate maybe or you take the bus over or the van over in the morning so at least you know someone that you have a relationship with
0: he's going to walk in the locker room and does he walk up to jj watt one introduce himself and then say oh by the way you know i wore number 99 in college well do you think i might be able to wear number 99 here with the arizona cardinals well to which jj watt will say what
1: keep walking yeah exactly now, Steve said he. They think he's going to be a stalker. Being facetious, because, they both should because they should just like what did he, what has he
0: done for Zach Allen? He's been a little duck. These guys should just be little ducks. Follow him. And I think now this this will be interesting too, because it was J J. Watt walks in and all of a sudden. Zach Allen immediately. All right, what do I need to do? I can see, and I say this, and I realize Zach Allen is still relatively young, but he's going into year four. So, this is a big season for him, and I certainly can see him. All right, let me pull aside a Cameron Thomas, uh, my Jay Sanders, and say, you know what? This is, I was once upon where you guys are right now. This is what I went through positives, negatives, and then it's everyone circling JJ Watt and say, all right, you know, we want to be where you're at. How do we get there?
1: Just beat ducks. Just follow them around. But I agree with you. I mean, you know, Zach's going in his fourth year. He's learned a lot from JJ. And then you know, you look at Rashad and uh, Lecky, and then Michael Dogby. Uh, that's that's a pretty cl- uh, close knit group right there. From a standpoint of they're all kind of rooting for each other.
0: Before we discuss Hollywood Brown, five picks now on day three. Two in the sixth, three in the seventh. As far as what you think the Cardinals might try to do want to do as they select 201 215 those are two picks in round 6 and then 244 256 and 257 in round 7
1: well you know curious to see if they continue to try to you know I think they need a safety I you know I look at um James Wiggins and I was kind of informed that he's more of a special teams player and then you know obviously Chris is always out there and We'll see what happens with Charles Washington. But, you know, Deontay Thompson, obviously a draft pick, um, played at Alabama, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But it's a, it's a good dilemma to have when you got Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker out there. But I do think bringing in a, a defensive back that can kind of do both. Now, it's interesting because you start looking at Gladney, you know, uh, they're, they're talking to where he's going to compete. But at the worst case scenario, he can play inside and outside. So it'd be interesting. And, and hopefully they can retain um, Robert Alford. We'll see.
0: I'd, I'd love to have okay, so back on this roster. I
1: know, I know we want to talk about what we've been through with the last 24 hours when it comes to Hollywood Brown. First
0: impression that you had of Marquise Hollywood Brown, whether it was seeing him for the first time in person or listening to him formally introduced on Friday?
1: Just a true pro. Loves football. Uh, wants to be here. You know, he's... he's, he's he had a
0: smile on his face that he's, never left. No,
1: I was thoroughly impressed with him. And uh, we're going to enjoy him. Only 24 years old. You know, some of the me was trying to get into. What about your contract? he's like, I'm not worried about that right now. I'm not playing for money. I'm playing because you know, God gave me this talent, I'm paraphrasing, to play in the NFL. I mean, it's. I was thoroughly impressed, and and I listened to Lincoln Riley, on uh, 98.7, just talked about how, uh, him and Collie were so close, and how they just love football. They hate to lose. They compete, and he and. Riley was really complimentary of, you know, he said, kyler has got to stay healthy, but he said that this is going to be a different dynamic in the offense. And he, 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 I guess he's talked to Cliff and he's, he said that they like where they're at, um, but he said, he's got to stay healthy. So I couldn't be morally, uh, uh, thoroughly. I'm impressed. I mean, I, I, mean, you know, you never know. I mean, not judging anybody by, you know, how they look or play, but I was, I mean, he's a good talker. Um, and, and the fact is that he, he kind of, I don't know if it was a dream, but he was hoping to come here. And we're starting to see more and more guys say that.
0: And come here because of Kyler Murray. Yeah. Play with the quarterback. Yeah. And Darren Urban had a story up on azcardinals.com, and I think it was a, a, great, a good note that he put in his story because we're seeing teams pairing their franchise quarterbacks with college teammates. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, Tua Tungavaloa, Jalen Waddell in Miami. More recently, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. That cannot be undersold. The relationship that a quarterback has with a pass catcher, a wide receiver, a running back, tight end, whatever it is, whatever that chemistry is. But here you have a chemistry that goes back not, not only – to that 2018 magical season of Kyler Murray. He wins the Heisman and Marquise Brown explodes. But the year prior, 2017, their first year in Oklahoma, when they were on the scout team yeah, together and is beating up Baker Mayfield and beating up, well, figuratively speaking, obviously, but being better Be- offensively and being better. Much better against the Oklahoma defense.
1: Basically, they are on the JV team. That's the scout team, and you're talking about Kyler Murray and uh, you know Hollywood Brown, and they're going against Baker Mayfield. And they said they would beat him every day in practice, and if they played it a real game, they would have beat him. And that that's where the you know the competition comes in. So that that's that's great. Um, you know, you know, it's when I look at just from a distance, I mean. I, I, I don't, yeah, I told you. I watched that two minute video on NFL.com, and man, this guy explodes. The the, the way he gets open and, t- uh, you know, a toe tap in the end zone, he's very aware of the sidelines. Um, now, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Um, I don't know who the gadget guy is. I mean, is it Rondell Moore or is it him? I don't know if you need one, uh, but you want to have, because I think you use him in motion and just try to get the ball in his hands because he's so fast. And then, you know, when we went back to uh, Trey McBride, we talked about, you know, Cardinals don't have that. I think if you try to get him in motion, I think it can be a nice H-back and really help the running game out and take pressure off of Kyler Murray.
0: We had a chance on Cardinals Draft Central. Myself and Danny Sarek had a chance to catch up with Cardinals wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson, and he brought up that point about Hollywood Brown utilizing him in the backfield, or at least lining him up in the backfield, and then... Running, whether that's yes, you know, motioning out or the, from the backfield running his
1: this run. will be nothing against Rondell Moore because I'm 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 intrigued with his future and I I love his uh, mental makeup where he takes it serious, but you're gonna when you see Hollywood Brown it's gonna be on steroids. Like it's you're gonna see a difference, and that's just because he's been in the league. Where Rondell Moore, you know, hopefully the experience factor, oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, just being comfortable. And obviously being a first-round pick and playing in big games, you know, Purdue, you know, they. he took the last two years off, basically.
0: And the one thing that really stood out to me, and again, you're trying to make that first impression, it's an introductory press conference, everything said in April is great, what happens when the season begins, but asked about the number of weapons in this offense, whether that's D-hop, whether that's... A.J. Green, whether that's Rondell Moore, Zach Gertz, James Conner, now all of a sudden here comes Hollywood Brown. How do you – is there enough footballs to go around? That was kind of the inference on this question. But the answer is what struck me from Marquise Brown. Quote, it's not about the targets. It's about what type of targets. What are guys good at? Put everybody in the position to do what they do good in. It's up to you to make the most out of your opportunity. End quote. And then he mentioned at Oklahoma, played with C.D. Lamb, played with Mark Andrews. So this is nothing new for him as far as being in an offense that has a number of different offensive weapons. What do you do, though, when you get your opportunity, when the ball is thrown your way? And obviously everyone wants to win, but in the back of your mind, everyone wants to win but also contribute in those ways.
1: Yeah, and, and, and he also said, hey, you know, we want to get a chance to get to the Super Bowl, and let it, let alone it's going to be in Arizona. So they feel like this can be a top-five offense, not only in the NFC, but around the league. And to me, the fascinating thing is, um, if you find you, if you find some chemistry in, in your physical at the point of attack, uh, we could get some games early in the season where this team is, has a lead in the fourth quarter, and then you just start pounding it, like, lean on them. So... I, I do think they're a better football team now. Is he the difference of winning a Super Bowl? No, but he's getting you closer.
0: I think they're better offensively right now. Defensively, it's still, again, how do you affect that quarterback as an outside linebacker well, or an edge rusher? I think
1: it's going to go back to VJ and how he schemes it up. We know that. Now, uh, there's a couple of running backs. I think the Cardinals are still waiting to hear from Williams, um, Derra Williams. Yeah. So, but they're I know they like Isaiah Spiller, and he's still out there. I don't know if he would take a running back. I uh, they th- they really like him. You know, he's six feet two seventeen. Um, he ran a he didn't run a forty at the time, but I know they like him as a running back. So it'd be interesting, but I guess that's more luxury.
0: Well, sixth round, seventh round. You're looking for guys, you know, not, not take a flyer on because that that, that dis- diminishes yeah. the work that these players have done. But and I do think, as we mentioned, that Drew Grigson has pointed out and others that there is more talent in this draft on the back end yes. because players chose to stay in school yes. an extra year and then come out because of the pandemic. So, a sixth or seventh round selection this year. Might have been fifth or sixth oh, in I, years past. I see. Now it's deeper in the back end. Now
1: I'll I'll say if they're waiting on Williams and you know at some point he's going to, have to make a decision that could be a late addition um, or they move on and they, it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they took a back and, and I know they like Spiller. I mean he would he would be more of a a backup than I think Eno Benjamin. We know Jonathan Ward's kind of regulated to special teams. Eno – uh, obviously, started playing on special teams. He got a chance to be the gunner last year, but Spiller would be, you know, your one-two punch. Now, obviously, you know, Connor's going to be the bell cow, and he's very effective. He's 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 thick, so uh, it'd be interesting to see if he's there because I know they like him.
0: You still have Jalen Samuels in that running back room as well. I know someone that you were intrigued. With I am F- forty-five stars, and so. he has
1: experience versus a rookie.
0: So we'll see what happens. But, again, five picks on day three, two in the sixth, three in the seventh. And uh, this final note before we call it a night here on this Friday, um, we have been given permission. It's okay to call Marquise Brown Hollywood. He doesn't prefer one way or the other. And I've noticed MJ now and talking about him for a couple of days, I basically will, like, alternate. Marquise Hollywood Marquise it's it's more of a mindset to call someone Hollywood and again it's not flashy he's from Hollywood Florida right and this is where it originates as he mentioned that it's all about I'm carrying the name for my city. That's what he mentioned in the press conference. Right. So I need to figure out, instead of keeping going Marquise one way and then the next time no, I'm talking to it's Hollywood. It's, you,
1: you did it both. I mean, I, but that's the professional in you. That's, I'm trying I mean, to figure out what no. I feel comfortable. You know in. what? I'm going to say Hollywood. Or you going to
0: say Brown. I know. What can Brown do for you? Well, the Cardinals Maybe you're referring A.J. Brown. Yeah, man. That's true. I'm going to go Hollywood. So I have to figure that out myself. But, hey, that's as, as uh, another wide receiver that used to wear the Arizona Cardinals uniform used to say. Champagne problems. Exactly. That's what exactly. we've got here.
1: Well, you, got, you know, this is going to wrap up another day tomorrow. Uh, Would you say five picks? Five picks. Five picks. Okay. Well, maybe they'll drop the quarterback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note,